Hey, how's it going, friends? This week's episode is with my good friend, Jeff. Jeff works in cyber. He's an army vet, etc. Uh, we became friends here in Greece based on our interest in music. And then from there, we sort of found out that we had a lot more in common and became fast friends. Um, this episode is just a first in a series with him. Uh, this one, we're specifically talking about the film Stuts, uh, Mental Health, creative pursuit and then from there it kind of goes into all sorts of tangents uh, don't forget to rate and to subscribe on apple podcasts and spotify and drop me a line on substack if you so please thank you for listening without further ado here's the episode so the power went out but uh yeah. <laughs> cheers aviva we'll just talk about the same shit we already talked about yeah it's supposed to go better the second time, I think. Hopefully it does go better the second time. I don't know. It went, went pretty marginally good the first time. It did go pretty good. So we started talking about uh, Stutz, which we left out a whole point in that. So I needed to turn back and go to the movie, the movie I just watched with Jonah Hill in it prior to watching Stutz. So Stutz. Okay. Ready to go. All right. It's still lightning. So I just did it again. So... We'll see. So that's what happened. We we recorded, and then this huge lightning bolt that was probably like right there struck yeah, the earth, yeah. and then everything was gone. So I did just check. I can actually click save while we're talking, and nothing happens. So that's oh, you good. have to manually click, of click course, save. Yes, but it'll be all right. It's okay. That's all right. Um, so yeah, studs. All right, today, because the conversation came up in dinner. Like, it just came up like, boom. Um I mean, I keep if, if I drink these, I get the. I don't want to do the, the burpy thing in the in the microphone. Yeah, yeah. So, oh, I did okay. that. I did that in the last one, so maybe it's a good thing the power went out. Nah, it's okay. Anyway, um, it, it just creates those pauses in there, but that's okay. It's natural. You do that natural conversation anyway. Of course, when you stop and collect your thoughts and go, man, this guy's an idiot. Yeah, that's right. No, I'm just kidding. When, you, when you're judging yourself the whole time, because yeah, that's yeah. what I do. Um, so I wrote the. Um, that little thing that I do called Four Things, and I, uh, the little series, I guess. And then Four Things, number nine, I wrote about Stutz because a really great friend of mine told me, hey, this movie was awesome. You should watch it. And this was the type of friend that, that told me, hey, man, anything he tells me, like my, the book that I would call my favorite book in the world, he recommended that book to me. You know what I mean? Like there's, there's other two or three other books I remember he recommended to me. So everything he ever says, you, he, I just do. Because we're, he's one of those types of friends too that's a very – we just we have a very like deep connection of friendship. You know what I mean? We just know each other pretty well. Yes. Shout out Nino Panino. Uh, so uh, anyway, he said watch Stutz and, uh, and I did. And as we were talking about at dinner uh, and as we talked about previously – I'm kind of two ways about Jonah Hill. Yeah. Um, but with my friend sort of pushing me over the edge, I was like, okay, I'm going to watch this. And after I was done watching it, I watched it on a, on a flight uh, on the way back um, from visiting my family. And I was like, this movie was, it's like, I, it's hard to call it a movie. This filming of a process, is, nah, yeah. you know, that's what I'm going to go nah, with. Nah, right? nah, nah. nah. <laughs> This Jeez. filming of a process is, it was just really, I just felt it was pretty meaningful to me. You know what I mean? Yes. And and as we talked about before, like, because that sort of mental health space, it's having a moment, but that's good because they're, they're, we're sort of breaking down these stigmas of uh, mental health, how talking to a therapist is, isn't a bad thing and everybody should probably do it and it's a really great thing yes and uh for anybody listening or who will be listening do it outside of the military <clears throat> yes. so um what like i said before the power went out and we had this extreme act of mother nature whoever um i liked that stutz day one as soon as he meets you he gives you a tool and quite literally says Go fucking use it. Fuck you if you don't want to. Just do what I'm telling you to do. And you get immediate change. And in uh, all the years of me going to therapy myself, um, I never once got a tool. It was like I walk into a room. I bitch and moan at somebody. Sometimes I end up just cussing them out because I, I get pretty angry. Um, or I don't like the way they're reacting to something. 
not paying attention. They don't seem like they're interested anyway. I get mad and storm out. Um, but I was never given a tool. It was just a like sit down, bitch at somebody who ultimately doesn't care about your problems. And it goes away. Um, but I didn't, didn't get to take anything away from that. So I kind of like formed this own idea in my head of how it was helping me. I don't know if it really was, but it just kind of seemed like my hands are full. I've, I've got too much shit in my hands. So I'm going to go give it to somebody who is fair and impartial and allegedly unbiased. And they don't care. And this shit in their hands is not going to bother them. So I'm just going to give it all to them and they're going to chuck it over their shoulder or whatever. But I don't care. It's not in my hands anymore. It's no longer my problem. I give it to someone else. That seemed to help for a little bit, but I didn't realize that I wish I had been given a tool. Yeah, I think that, I think when, that's part of that conversation when you're, when you, when you start going to therapy, I think you don't know what to expect and you have these beliefs, like everything, you have these beliefs on what's going to happen or or I don't know how this is going to work, right? But then a lot of times, um, I would say, especially in the culture we live in today, people are reluctant to assert things. You know, people don't, especially medical professionals, you know, they've probably run into, uh, you know, some roadblocks here and there and some problems. So they're very reluctant to assert, to say, hey, this is going to work. Fucking do it. Yeah. You know, they they just they just won't do it. It's it, I, You could see where that is in, in the mental health space, too, because... There's like a, a person is so different. Absolutely. You know, you are so different than me and ev- everybody is so different. But that's, I think what, uh, that's like the key to, uh, I would, I would, I would assume is uh, of being a mental health professional is knowing that. <clears throat> well, there's a level of, you're going to like this because of what you're studying. There's a level of, uh, risk acceptance and risk appetite oh, yeah. going on there. Um, <laughs> Not to bring in, you know, governance, risk, and compliance, and risk management frameworks, but um, this guy Stutz, like, his risk appetite is huge. And it's probably based on experience and how long he's been doing this that he's like, I'm going to tell this guy it's going to work because he knows it's going to work. He's got the um, the history of it working and the subject matters to look at and say, hey, this is working. It's proven. I accepted this risk of telling this, and so his risk appetite's massive. And he's willing to accept a lot of risk. And then where other therapists, they have a very small risk appetite because they're afraid of um, like backlash. Like, hey, use this. It's going to fucking work. Just go do what I say. Blah, blah, blah. And then it doesn't work. And that person comes back furious. Right. Which is uh, retaliation. That's a, that's a huge thing going on in our home country right now. You tell somebody like a $5 bill is a $5 bill and they go to turn it in somewhere and it's still a $5 bill, they're going to find something to be mad at. That that was a shitty example. I don't know what I was going with that. But, you know, like, I got you. Though. People, just, you, people just get mad at you for the littlest thing. You're like, hey, here's a gallon of milk and they go and measure it and they're like, that's not quite a gallon. I want my money back. Like, right, fuck right. off. Just, yeah, yeah. That was and a better it, one. Yeah. I'm going to cut that out of this one. I go to <laughs> no, edit later. Don't. I'm going to cut that shitty statement out. <laughs> don't, don't. I'm just going to take a drink of beer. Um... Yeah, and th- that was the thing. Like we said before, w- when you're going into uh, a relationship like that, because that's what it is. It's, it's the dating process of finding a therapist. Yep, it, you are absolutely dating. So if you go to find a therapist and you give it a go a couple of times, right? Mm-hmm. Well, it's like every it's like everything. Sometimes even when you were dating or, or like even when you're meeting a new friend, right? Some people, it, it, it literally can take one time hanging out with that person and you go, I don't want to fucking hang out with him anymore. Because you have a feeling. Yes. Right? This reminds me of, uh, I did like college placement psychology when I was in high school. It was before I was forcibly removed from high school. Um, I had this pizza theory, which this is kind of going off left field, still kind of in the world of mental health and stuff. Um, but it, it refers to dating. And my uh, pizza theory was my, the simplest way I could sum up trust issues. Somebody comes to me and is like, oh, trust issues. I'm like, well, go fuck yourself, which is incredibly abrasive, but hear me out. So my like final statement, which I probably would have graduated with a great grade if I didn't leave high school when I did, was, um, do you like Pizza Hut? Are you asking me? Yeah, yeah. All right, it's good enough. Okay. Scratches the itch. Do you like Domino's? Same. Do you like all pizza places? <laughs> Listen, pizza. What is it that phrase they say? Like pizza is like, uh, 
pizza is like sex, even when it's pretty bad, it's still pretty good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? Okay, so you're, you're fucking <laughs> anyway, up. You're fucking I don't, up my theory. All right, I don't like Papa John's. Got it. Okay. So are you going to walk into Pizza Hut and be like, I'm not going to order here because Papa John sucks? In what world does that fucking make yeah, sense? Yeah, right, right. It's like some pizza's too cheesy. You know what that's like. Yeah. Some pizza just has too much sauce. Yep. Some's got too much spice, and some of the crust is just a little too fucking thick. It's just, it's just too much to try sure. try and deal with, and that's people. Yeah. Um, and it's just an insane thought to like you meet a new person, you start dating, and you're like, I have trust issues, and you're giving them hell all the time for something someone else did. Yeah, that's fucking insane. And yep. I mean, I've been I've been with my wife for nine years now, so I don't see any of this shit anymore. Right. Um, and maybe it doesn't happen once you're over. 20 years old. I don't know. But it was, a, it was definitely a theme before meeting my wife. It was always, I trust that she's wrong. I was like, why is this my problem? Yeah. Like, I've done nothing to make you think you can't trust me, and you're just going to you know, badger me and belittle and berate me because somebody else fucked up? Nah, I don't have time for you. Go away. <laughs> right. um, and that has nothing to do with Stutz or Jonah Hill, but... No, but it's in the, it's in the same... It's uh, in the same realm. It's in the same ecosphere yeah. there. Yeah, so... When you go to find a, um, it's about dating. Save. You better save. I saw another one of those another pesky oh, lightning bolts. Right, um, Hopefully, it's actually saving. We'll find out. Uh, yeah, when you go to, f- if you decide to start going to mental health, which I think it's a great thing for everybody. Absolutely. Um, you, yeah, you whatever feeling you get, if you feel comfortable, then good. And if you don't feel feel comfortable, then like it's one of those things where it's like there's an objective truth. Right, and then there's a subjective truth. Yeah. Right, how do you feel about this thing? Okay, then let's go with that. That's like that's like creativity too. Right, it's mostly it's mostly feeling rather than like cognitive. Right, so it's like how how do you feel? So you have to trust this person. Well, the way that you, from our sort of third party perspective, looking at like studs, when you walk into a therapist's office, you're you're vulnerable. You want you need help. You're asking for help, really. And this person's trying to... Like, you entrust this person with your help. But his uh, wh- his way of doing it, as we said before, was uh, was very... It was assertive, but assertive in a good way. Yeah. Like, like, and it makes a person who is in there needing help, at least for me, it would, it would make me trust this person a little more. Because it's like, oh, okay, well, I, it's like I found the right guy. But like, like we said before... Some people, and you and I are probably similar, like this kind of person, where like we respond well with someone being like, "Hey, like do this." Yes, you know, especially because if you're not the one that calls for help often, yep, and you actually decide to call for help, yes, you want somebody to be like, "It was it was hard for me to call for help." Absolutely, you know. So, uh little little jaded on this topic in general, um, which I am completely fine with talking about. Um, Long pause. So when I was nearing the time of getting out of the military and being done with it, um, I was coming back from my second tour. And I was like, you know what? Maybe this go around, I will talk to somebody. Because, you know, you have that whole, like, medical readiness ordeal. When you get back from deployment, um, just make sure, you know, all your feet and your arms and legs are in the right place and all that good stuff. So I was like, you know what? Maybe I will talk to somebody about it because I'm getting out and... Maybe I could uh, compartmentalize this and put it in its own little box and stick it in the corner and know that I've done it, I've dealt with it, and I can move on with my life and go be a functioning member of society as a civilian. And uh, it was like the minute I did that, uh, I wasn't allowed to be a range instructor anymore. I couldn't do any of the you know the cool things you can do at a unit that are like they're extra, but it's actually your freaking job. It's like it was just like I was a black smudge now. Like okay, go away. We're just gonna wait for you to like get out of the military. We don't care anymore. Like what? We have all those all those briefs and those classes about like mental health and it's okay to ask for help, but the minute you do it, you're fucked. You're fucked, and uh, that's why um, I'm still a huge advocate for mental health. Go do it. Um, take care of it. Talk to somebody about it. Get it out. Stop holding on to it and don't just bottle up and stick it on a shelf and wait for it to fall down at your feet later and be like, oh shit, I forgot about this mess. Right. Um, but just maybe do it on your own means. Yep. Um, that's my two two cents on that, but. Stutz, Jonah Hill. I keep getting off topic with this. That's right. You know, it's it's in the, again. It's in the realm. Yes, yes. 
Um, the uh, breaking the wall in that film. Yeah. That was that was incredible. Was, uh, you know, it's, it's Hollywood. It's an actor and it's a guy who's a therapist for celebrities. Um, it's like, hey, this is good. This is good information. He's talking about the tools and um, you know, the immediate help. And um, Jonah was talking about how like going to this guy for five years and it's changed his life completely. And if you watch Jonah's films throughout the years, like you can see that there's a change. There's absolutely a change. Yep. Um, he was the, you know, the overweight like guy who was only good at like this one specific comedy in this one sort of movie. And then he, like you said earlier at dinner when we were eating my last world famous chili and cornbread. Hell yeah. Um, he was like in a Scorsese film, the Wolf of Wall Street. And then he was in uh, war dogs, which is not like the super bad and uh, forgetting Sarah Marshall film. Um, fuck what was my point. Well, you see what you were saying is you, you start seeing him evolve. You see him change. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So, um, and then, at a point, I wouldn't. Even, it wasn't even halfway through it. He was just like, you know, uh, I'm sorry, I've been lying to you this entire time. Um, this is all bullshit. Um, this isn't happening as it's being filmed. Like we're making it seem to be. It's been completely staged. Uh, we're in a green room, and then like every all the furniture in the room disappears, and they're literally sitting in front of a green screen. Right. And he's like, my hair is actually not this long anymore. It was during this movie, and he takes his fucking wig off. He's like, me and. Uh, Dr. Stutz has been wearing the same clothes every time we've been filming this, and it's been a two-year process, and I can't go through with this this ordeal of being um, like raw and unfiltered and pure emotion, knowing that I'm fucking lying. And then, at that point, I was hooked. I was like, this was already good, but when that happened, I was like, hook, line, sinker, like, you got me. I'm going to watch the rest of this. Then I fell asleep, but that's another story. <laughs> yeah, the, the, um that whole idea of, of breaking the fourth wall and then sort of seeing Oz behind the curtain, right? Yeah. But in a weird in a weird way, okay. <clears throat> we have been subjected to this kind of um I'd like to think that we've been subjected subjected to this kind of like scripted smoke and mirrors type bullshit Absolutely. within our society and all societies for a long time and for whatever reasons, right? Um, nowadays, it seems like that when ideas or projects such as that film come out and they're able to sort of break through that, mm-hmm. you know, it seems like it was authentic, right? Absolutely. Um, when when you when they start peeling back the layers and you start seeing that like the actual process of that in a weird way it it's more like and just like you're saying it's more attractive Absolutely. it's it's better it has more meaning it when you start peeling away and say this wasn't real this is actually real and this what is real actually isn't perfect it's not perfect it's no. not it's not got it doesn't have all the edges curved. It's not Instagram influencers. Yeah, right. But that in a weird way, when you start seeing things like that in all things, people are more drawn to it because a lot of times people, just like you were, we were saying before about Instagram and all that bullshit, people often hide their real selves because it's for some reason they've been taught to be ashamed of their real selves, right? Yeah, I wonder if that's. You think that's just an American culture thing? No. Um, no. Nope. Okay. I mean, it, it's that's our paradigm because we're Americans. Absolutely. You know, but no, that is that is a. I think that is a human nature thing. I one hundred percent think that's a human nature thing. I won't disagree. Yeah, and I mean, okay, our society. But think about. Uh, I mean, we're uh, you know how we are in America, but think about places in like, like I think about places in like, for instance, Japan or like in China, right? Yeah. Like there, I would I would say. I mean, we're all technologically what we are, but I would say they're even more than than we are. Well, they have that incredibly weird, like, social credit system. Yeah. Or is that China? That's China. That's China, yeah. That, where everything's so, everything is, like, even, like, uber-connected. So they, absolutely, because, you know, brains and uh, DNA, and we're all 99.9% the same. You know what I mean? Yeah. They go through the same shit we do. Except for the, like, 90% of the brain that doctors and scientists still don't know anything about. That's what they say. Well, I don't yeah. know. Yeah. Oh, man. There's some movies made about that that seem pretty cool. Oh, yeah? Like, uh, was it Limitless? 
Did you ever see Limitless? Then there was a TV spinoff. Wasn't it a doc? It was, it was a documentary, right? No, no, no. The, <laughs> the first one was a movie with uh, B. Rad Cooper, oh, that's Bradley right. Cooper, B. Rad, B. Rad, B. Rad Cooper. Um, it was like this this pill that like unlocks the other eighty or seventy percent of whatever okay. your brain that you don't use, and like they can like fucking hear colors and all that good stuff. I want to hear colors, uh, right? <laughs> I heard colors at one point. But we won't talk about that. Yeah, that's another story. Thailand. <laughs> I've never been there. I've never been to Thailand either. <laughs> I forgot where I was going with that. My bad. I'm good at that. Sorry. Right. Derailed. I do want to go back into breaking the whole breaking breaking into the fourth wall. Sure. I think it's probably where it came from too. Um, and I, I mentioned it before. Whenever the lightning, thank you, universe or resistance. Um, when you when you plan for something and I, like you you plan for a project to be like this, yeah. And that was what they did, for sure. They planned, they planned that project, and that's how you, that's what you do with film. Of course, you're not just gonna be like show them, like, "Hey, motherfucker, I've got cameras. You're going on TV." He's exactly. gonna be like, "Sir, I have a patient. Can you fuck off?" Yeah, exactly. You know? you know, you have to plan to some extent. So for sure, they were in the middle of it, and then for sure, at some point, I mean, unless we're all, unless they're all playing a joke on us, and the whole thing was scripted to be like that as what it was, and then if they did, then you fucking got me because it was awesome. Yeah, especially that if if it. Was scripted. The part about his mom was pretty funny. Yeah. When uh oh yeah when he, he was when he like made that he was like what are you doing what took you so long he was like I was banging your mom and he was like oh cool she's actually gonna be here tomorrow he's yeah. like oh she's oh I just told the whole world that <laughs> that was good that was pretty solid um but in the middle of it I this at least for what it looks like and I like to think is what it was was that he was like how can I make a movie about trying to be authentic and trying to be better. And I'm like being fake about it. Yeah. You know? And I thought that was a cool thing. And um, yeah, I, seeing processes and seeing like th- that's the creative process. And like I said before, because I mean, you're a, you're a guitar player, you're a musician, you know, I would say you're an, a composer. I'm going to go with that because that's what you do. You compose these, these songs that you do. You know? Yeah, yeah. I know maybe like two cover songs. Yeah. So and you're, out of doing this for like 15 years. You're you're you compose these things. Well, right? I actually can't read music or write it, so I don't know if I can be a composer. You're a composer. Dude. I just grab the shit and play something like, "Hey, that sounds cool." You're not a poser, dude. You're a composer. I'm, I'm a yikes. <laughs> oh was, yeah, that was probably <laughs> <laughs> you put the emphasis on the wrong syllable, friend. Damn. Anyway, you're you're a composer, right? But when you when you I know for you too, when you're composing these things, or whenever you're b- building or whatever. You, you have a plan, but then sometimes things take a tangent, and then you're like, "Oh, this is this one was better. Like this thing yeah. is better." You know, and, uh, it, it it takes on a life of its own. I have a I have a, I struggle with like writing and recording music for the sake of it. Like, I want to do it all the time. Like it's there's it's it's pure bliss. Like sitting down in front of my computer with a guitar plugged into some you know virtual amplifier, and I've got some fake drums going on, but they sound pretty real. Um, like it's all I want to do. I just want to. I want to write music, and I want to fucking love it. Um, but like, I have the hardest time writing if life is going really good. Uh, if if I'm not if I'm not like going through it in some way, shape, or form, or if I didn't have a bad day, or like if I wasn't you know having some like repressed memories of some shit I didn't feel like deal with coming up, I have this. I like I sit down and like today I spent like eight hours in my music room, and uh, when I left to go downstairs, to let you in. I had an empty session in front of me. Like I got nothing done. Mm-hmm. I tried several times. I got stuff out and I was like, uh, I wrote that song 10 years ago. I don't fucking care anymore. Nobody else has heard it, but I don't like it anymore. Uh, this is kind of getting cheesier. Mm, this doesn't feel right. It doesn't match the headspace I'm in, which I mean like a completely neutral headspace right now. Like I've got no problems today. I'm good. Right. Maybe tomorrow I'll suck, but right now it's, <laughs> I just, it's just one of those weird things that, uh, I see people do it often again i'm only seeing what they let you see like via instagram right i'm just like man this dude's pumping out videos like every other day and they're killer songs like maybe he wrote all of those and filmed them all five years ago he's just now putting them out who knows but on the surface it's like i can't just sit down and write a song for the sake of fucking writing a song like i've got to be having a shit time if that makes sense no i think it makes total sense I mean, I'm, I do that too when it comes to like writing or even like, I mean, I don't do all the recording stuff that you do. I play, but I don't yeah, yeah. record too much. But with writing or with even with podcasting, right? Yeah. I have to do X thing. Like right now, okay, I'm studying cybersecurity as we talked about, yeah, yeah. right? 
and I have I, I need to study. I need to get through this thing and do this, or I need to I need to write a resume or do an application for this or whatever, right? And these are things that I have to do. And there is a hard deadline for these things, right? There, there's a there's a there's a no shit legit deadline. So when I have on the back of my brain and I have this deadline that I know I have to do for these things that are actual like real life things, right then, just like you're saying, all the grand ideas of writing the next great American novel, writing a great screenplay, uh, recording, playing drums, you know what I mean? Writing, doing a podcast, whatever. All these ideas come to my mind and I'm like, I, and I'm, it's like a, it's just like a, like a waterfall. Yeah. I can just do it. Do, Cause I have this thing that I'm supposed to be doing over here Yeah, that I'm ignoring, but I'm doing this other thing. Right. But then just like you said, whenever those things go away, it's not that I, it's the, the waterfall has stopped, but it's not as intense. Yeah, I know exactly what you're saying. And it goes, this goes with resistance, as I was saying before. Stephen Pressfield, the, the, the art of war. No, the war of art. War of art. Man, you just, yeah, I just, I just like confuserated myself. Uh, yeah, the, the war of art. And he has his idea of the resistance, which is like the coolest. It's the coolest as a creative person. It is the coolest idea because it it puts a name to your enemy, right? It puts a face to your enemy. Yeah. And then the way that he writes about it, as soon as you read it, dude, you're going to be like, fuck, <clears throat> that's me. Well, I'll have to put that on my list of books to read. I've only got um, 20 more to get through before I get to that one. But you might, you'll just have to text me and be like, this book. No, have it in my text messages. No, what I'm, gonna, I'm just going to buy it for you. I'll put it in the I'm going to put it in a note in my phone right now. I'm putting it in a note right now. <laughs> no, I, I'm going to buy it, and I'm just going to slap it up. When I come in one day, I'm just going to be like, read it. I'm going to... I wonder if this is an audio book. Let's look. There absolutely has to the be. The War of Art. By Stephen Pressfield. The War of Art. Sick. Got it. I'm putting it in my Audible library right now, because I can't just sit down and read a book. i got to be able to listen to the book while I'm doing 100 other things. Well, you'll I can't Because I can't fucking sit still. You'll learn. So on the... Uh, the resistance thing. Uh, I've, I've had several businesses. None of them have been successful. <clears throat> Not for the fact that it wasn't a good idea or it couldn't be successful. It was uh, my clients were the resistance. Like uh, I had one that was doing clothing a long time ago. And then uh, that one's irrelevant. That was like some gun bro, bro vet bullshit. And I was like <laughs> fresh home from my first deployment, like just all like hopped up on fucking rippets and powdered milk. Like, let's fucking do this. Um, Second Amendment, all that good stuff. But uh, and, and that one died out quickly. But then I was doing um, audio production, uh, recording bands and stuff. And I didn't put out any like Billboard 100 stuff or anything like that. But I did some solid work. But uh, as soon as I started working with clients, I fucking hated it. And it wasn't that the clients were bad. It wasn't that their music wasn't good. It was just uh, as soon as like I had to do it because it was booked and it was planned. I didn't want to fucking do it anymore. Which is probably there's probably some weird mental jujitsu going on there. Like uh, all my resistance, you've been trying to get me to do a podcast with you for months, and it worked. It did work. It, it worked. We were, I was trying to show you some tricks with audio stuff, which That's right. people are going to hear this podcast and be like, "All oh, that white noise. He don't know what he's doing." <laughs> Whatever. Yeah, um, I don't think and so. then I did, uh, I love photography. Uh, I started a, uh, I didn't do strictly photography as a business, but I was, um, I was pretty good with aerial photography with drones. So me and one of my friends I worked with, we started a business doing it. Um, it was mostly for real estate. There was an, there was an island where we lived that um, had like million dollar homes on it. And they wanted these big fancy photo packages and videos to go on their house. With cool orchestral music in the background. Lucky for them, because I could write the orchestral music. Um, but as soon as I had to do it, I didn't want to do it anymore. I just didn't fucking care about that hobby. Like, uh, I did it with music. After um, after doing the music production thing for uh, maybe two close to two years with bands, uh, I just stopped. I stopped taking clients, and I stopped even doing it for myself. Mm. Um, same with, like, photography. I just I stopped doing it because it just felt like I had to do it. And I already, I already have a place that you know, I spend eight to ten hours a day, Monday through Friday, sometimes on weekends, of doing something that I have to do. But that supports my you know, my well-being and my security for me and my family. Um, but the other stuff was just hobbies that I was trying to make money off of. 
and I hated it. I just fucking hated it. Maybe, maybe I'll figure out what that, that mental block is eventually, and I'll continue to do it. But um, even since I've been here, I've done photo shoots for people. I was like, don't pay me. Because I know just the way I react to it, if they pay me or offer to pay me, I'm never going to want to do the work. And it won't be the work I know I'm capable of doing. Right. Which, another weird tangent, but just, it's a, it's a, weird, it's a weird ordeal. You mentioning resistance made me think of that. There is some mental jujitsu there, and I'm sure, Mister. I have read that. I told you I read that book once a year. Yeah, at least, and I'm sure there's something in there right now that what it, it speaks on that, and as to the reason why, because because a lot of times you'll do things because you like to do them. Yeah, but if yeah, but the minute somebody con- contracts you to do it, and then now, now there's a now there's a money, there's this medium of exchange yeah. that's there. It. Yeah, it sort of takes the wind out from underneath your sails. Yeah. And all of a sudden, you don't give a like, shit anymore. I want to be creative for the sake of being creative. All of my hobbies are something creative. Right. Um, but as soon as it's like turned into work, um, I don't want to do it. I was going to do the work regardless, but as soon as money gets involved, I'm like, fuck this, I'm not doing it. it was, I was going to do it anyway, yep. um, which is it's bad business, but I'm, I'm comfortable. Right. Um, my, my nine to five. Right. Takes care of all this stuff so I can take the time to do the hobbies I give a shit about. Right. I just can't do it for money. There's uh there was this uh thing I read a while ago that said something about uh when you work like there's two types of people like there's two types of ways you can work. You either work because that's what you you're you're doing a job and that's what you love to do. And kind of like you were saying about like even like audio production or things like if that was your job, you could do it all day. N- not to say it's one of those like cliches where it's like find something you love to do and you'll you never look work a day in your life. Which bullshit. Is bullshit. That's absolutely bullshit. Because yeah. I actually love my job, but I definitely work my balls off sometimes. Yeah, yeah. It's it, that's it, that's obviously bullshit. So there's the ones that anyway that work because it is something that they that they love. They don't have this delusion that they're never gonna they're they're never gonna <gasps> excuse me like it right, but. They generally really love their work, and work a lot of times feels like play. And then there's the other people that work as a means to be able to play. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? And like everybody, I think everybody, you're either probably more one way or more the other way, but everybody's a little bit of both ways. Yes, like the uh, the work to live, not live to work. Yeah, that, that um, sort of thing. And... You know, we get selfish as time goes on. You get more seniority, seniority in whatever it is you're doing. Like five years ago, it was like, oh, I got to work Saturday and Sunday. No problem. Now I'm like, hey, kick rocks, buddy. Yeah. I'm going home. Yeah. I'm like 1,500 hits. I'm fucking out of there. You know, <laughs> that's right. Um, unless there's an emergency going on or something. But for the most part, it's like, nope, this is my time. I need to be selfish with my time. Right. Which, you know, that's a, that should be like rule number one on how to lose friends and alienate people. Also a good movie. Um, but I don't know. You gotta be selfish with your time. So the stud shit, we keep drifting away from. Yeah, we, that, that's our yeah. That's our uh, that's our rock. Yeah. So I turned on this the studs film by Jonah Hill right after I watched the movie You People. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been seeing the trailer for a couple months. And I'm like, I gotta watch that because uh, I, I grew up watching like the hood classics, uh, like. Boys in the Hood, South Central, Love and Basketball, Don't Be a Menace, all that stuff. Um, this Friday. movie, Friday, Friday. Oh, I can't forget Friday. Yeah, come on now. Friday, the, fr- the first Friday was the, the first only, one. That was the only important one. Yeah. Well, they're all good, but the first one's the best one. Smoking. Um, but it's it's more like a rom com, but it just kind of teeters on that like hood classic vibe. Okay. Um, I don't even know if that's the right term to call it, and or if that's rude and disrespectful. I have no idea. Hopefully, it's not. But it's uh, Jonah Hill and um, Lauren London, who's amazing. It's uh, they fall in love. He's a white dude. She's an African American chick. Uh, his parents are like insanely racist, but they think they're being friendly. And her parents hate him because he's a white dude. <laughs> That's pretty much the gist of it. And as you know, they go through their their trials and tribulations and. Whatever, and then there's this big like group hug at the end, and everybody loves everybody. Um, but it was it was just it was just really interesting, and it was um, 
the way they presented like the modern day race issues that we have in America um, and how like for a while it's just like racism, just racism. Uh, it's not just one person, but as time goes on, I kind of see like, wow, there's a lot of things that can be deemed as racist and unintentionally or not even realizing it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just, it, it, it was just a big spotlight on all of those issues that go on in America, but it just it pre- presented them in like just such a beautiful manner. Mm-hmm. And then it was also great that the movie was funny. Like it wasn't like making fun of these issues, but it presented them in a light manner, I guess you could say. Like some there were some parts where you're like, wow, that's that's fucked up. Right. I've heard that statement said a million times and never thought anything of it, but now that's presented to me this way, I'm like, that's shitty. Right. Like. There's a scene where um, he brings his girlfriend over to the house for the first time to meet his parents, and out of nowhere, she's like, I don't like what the cops are doing. And he's like, hey, shut the fuck up. And then he drags his mom out of the room, and then he comes back into the room they were sitting in, and his dad's playing piano, but he's playing John Legend's Ordinary People. Like, what? What? Like, it's like, wow, that's that's wild. Right. Um, Which... Me saying like I grew up on the hood classics could be seemed, you know, unsavory. Right, right. Which is it's just the truth of the matter. The area that I grew up in, and um, that was our reality. Right. Um, but go watch that movie. This podcast is not supported or uh, endorsed by that movie, but it's great. <laughs> um, and he's also a podcaster in the movie. Oh, is when, he? Uh, so the, his girlfriend's father, his fiance's father, was Eddie Murphy. Oh yeah, I did. I saw the previews for it. Yeah, and he's I, like, so how are you going to take care of my daughter? Yeah, but she doesn't talk like that. Yeah, uh, and he's like, say. he's like, I'm going to run a podcast. You know. <laughs> <laughs> um, but anyway, go watch that movie, man. I have actually, I got notes. Gunther's Millions. Yeah. So last night. Oh my god. Last night, I, I was. Uh, I lit a fire in my in my stove there. Of course. And then I was it's like... It's cold. Yeah, it's very cold. Strange here. And then I was like, I have that huge-ass beanbag. And I was like, I'm just going to sleep right next to the fire tonight on the beanbag. And that's what I did. I woke up at to a, a ring on my phone around 12.30 at night, midnight 30. And I see this <laughs> this message from you. And what was it again? What did you say? Gunther's millions. And I was like, the first thing I thought was, was the well, first thing I saw was, uh, I was like, does he mean Brewster's millions? You What's know, that? you don't know that that's the Richard Pryor. Ah, yes, movie. yes. And I, I was like, and I was like, all right, I'm going to sleep. So I just like put my <laughs> phone down and then I was going to, and then it came up today at dinner and I was like, what the hell is this? Yeah, so a part in my like incredibly late at night text messages, I don't I don't sleep very well. Um and I was also texting like some of my friends back in the States All who right. are like they're like having lunch and smashing a few beers and here it's like one in the morning. Um Gunther's millions. It's holy shit. Just just you gotta watch it. Uh it's essentially on the surface it's um this like countess countess from Germany, Contessa. Um, she's filthy fucking rich, and she leaves all of her money to a dog. And then like the steward of this money is like, I'm gonna do a social experiment. So he just starts hiring like these like young, young, fit, beautiful people to be like the PR rep and the chef and the fucking whatever. And he hires a team of scientists to follow around these like five fuckheads and study them. And it's like to figure out like, what is the meaning of true happiness? Um, and it's insane. Like this dog's worth like $30 million and he's just paying these fucking people to just like be around it. And they're doing like photo shoots and they opened up a club and he's got this whole line of breeding that are like gone through the first and the second, the third and the fourth and the fifth. And then the 50th, like, so this dog and this inheritance will go on for fucking ever. And it is, Fucking insane, which the like underlying goal of it was this guy was trying to figure out how to create like a new race. And he was doing it in the same manner that Nazis were doing things. He's like, we're, we're not doing what the Nazis are doing, but it's, it's kind of similar. Like it's inspired by him, but it, like it's not what the Nazis are doing. It just I was 
floored. There's like four episodes. Uh, I think they're like an hour long each. The entire time I was like, these motherfuckers. What the? It's insane. I'm not going to spoil shit on here, but you got to go watch it. Okay. Where do you watch it? Netflix. It's, it's a, a show. It's a show. It's a, the dog is a German shepherd. So I like scrolling through and I was like, oh, that German shepherd got a gold chain. I'm going to watch this. Like, I had no clue I was going to get that, this crazy. Like, yeah, these people wearing these, um, like, it was like a fucking glowing hockey puck around their neck. They had for like, it was like, uh, oh God. It was like sexuality, personality, all these different like character traits. And they would like light up based on your performance in this household with these five people. Fucking insane. And they're still doing it. Wait a minute. So this is a... The way it's that real. You, yeah, the this way you're saying son. it sounds like like a just a fictitious, but this is real. This it's is fucking going real. On? It's going on. I was like, have I? Re- I think I read this shit in the book before, dog. This is crazy. That's, it's it's insane. And it's still going on. Just go watch it. Just please watch it, and we'll we'll talk about it. Yeah, we'll, we'll talk about it. We'll later. talk about it again. Yeah, I've, I've, this is something I've like never heard of before. No, no, yeah, this is yeah no. I just I literally just scrolled up by it. I was like, oh German Shepherd, he looks fancy. Like and then I clicked on it, I was like, the fuck? What the fuck? Yeah, this is nuts. There's a I, mean, I can spoil it and keep talking about it. You do you, man. Oh come on. Like the the countess that actually had this money didn't fucking exist. The this person they had in pictures was legitimate. This lady, this Carlotta, what's a fucking ever didn't actually exist. It was somebody else's a fake name, and it was just an avenue to funnel money from Italy to Germany because of Italian tax laws. And then from this bank account in Germany, they funneled it down to this dog, and this dog funneled it back. But it's all one dude. This dude, his um, this Italian guy, his mother or his family owned a pharmaceutical company, and they had a shit ton of money. And they just, when the going was good, they just caught it quits and like took their money and ran. They put out some medicine like oh, I'm not going to pronounce it right. Adrenalite or a, a ledger note or something like that, but it was to uh, like reverse bone loss, and this they used it on this dog, um, and it worked. The dog recovered. Um, he had like osteoporosis. Osteoporosis. Am I saying that right? Yeah, yeah. He had osteoporosis, and they started treating him with this medicine, and he recovered. Didn't have the problem anymore. He still died. He's a dog. He has a limited lifespan. But they took their money and they ran and. Um, we're going to owe a lot of money in taxes. And they were just like, well, what does every other rich person do? They find a way to not pay taxes. Um, so they like created this avatar and funneled it over here um, to this German bank and then like funneled it down to, uh, oh, what was the word they used? Beneficiary, Gunther, whatever. But it was a fucking dog. But it was all just one dude's money. Okay. Like, he invented all of this. Wow. Um, and to the point like, there was parts in the documentary he was like, stop filming. I'm not talking anymore. We're not doing this anymore. Done. Next topic. Next question. Um, to the point they ended up like, they bought an island for like, there was some really bad stuff with breeding going on, which is leads to, they bought an island to like make up for all their bad and have all these German shepherds just running fucking free, being happy German shepherds that are all also inherited, inheritors of millions of dollars. That's wild. I, like my floor was like in my my floor, my jaw was in my fucking <laughs> lap the entire time watching it. Like this can't be fucking real. Yeah, that's, uh, it seems like what we were talking about before. Like it was a like they're posing it to be real, but it's not yeah. really real. Yeah, like if I met one of these fuckos from the show, like what do you do? Oh, I work for a dog. Huh? Sure, sure you do. No, all I do is hang out in this mansion and I take pictures of the dog and uh, we take turns having sex with each other. We got. Uh, we got planned pregnancies to figure out who's going to, you know, create the next human race. And, uh, yeah, they'd be like, get the fuck out of here. What what kind of drugs are you on? None. And this is real. And it's all in Germany? It was in, uh, well, it started in Italy. And then it went to Florida. Oh, yeah. Uh, they were in, um, the house they were in was uh, Madonna's, like, old mansion. They oh. Yeah, dude, Florida—that's the perfect place for that. Yeah, yeah, it's some Florida man shit, right? It's, <laughs> it was—it was wild. Like when it was over, I was like, I'm never gonna get that time back, but I'm so glad I wasted it on this crazy shit. Is it only four episodes? Yeah, yeah. Okay, well, that seems like it's worth—it's worth the uh, the ROI is good on that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was—it was—it was great. Like I just you know I'd put it on at the end of the day after we've eaten dinner and stuff. Got a fire going. Don't want to go outside anymore. It's like what? Crazy! It's crazy. Absolutely crazy. What are the, what other kind of 
crazy midnight 30, uh, you know, post libation notes do you have in that, oh, in that uh, crazy no, thing? That was kind of, that was kind of, uh, that was it. Yeah. The Guns is Millions movie, You People, Studs, String of Pearls that we, I think we talked about that before. Yeah, we didn't. Yeah, let's uh, let's go back to our little dark tower here. It's it's the middle of our <laughs> thing. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, the string of pearls. Uh, so it was one of the tools that Stutz gave Jonah Hill. It was um, you're just constantly putting pearls on a chain. It's like tasks or your next goal or your next objective. And it doesn't. There's gonna be turds in it. Who cares? Uh, just fill it with whatever shit needs to happen, and then move on. As long as you keep moving on. Um, you've got this string of pearls and all of them are full of fucking turds, whatever. But at least you kept moving. You didn't just stop and go stagnant. You kept adding on to your ever-growing chain of pearls. And Jonah was kind of flipped the perspective and was like, I don't really look at it as pearls full of turds. I look at it as turds wrapped in pearls. Like maybe it started off shitty, but it got good and I was able to move on to the next one. I guess that was perspective, which was a really cool perspective. And yeah. his stats was like, you know what? Fuck you, I'm stealing that. That's great. Yeah, again before, we said it's, uh, some people need to see it as pearls wrapped in shit. You know what I mean? Yeah. And some people yeah, need to see it the other way. Uh, you know, the, the the idea of his of the way he did the uh, vi- the visual representation of things. Yeah. Um, that's something that I read about or something I saw like years ago and I started working with me like I started working with me. I, I started using it in like in things that I do, um, you know, like checklists. Yeah. It, even if it's even if it's uh, something stupid, like um, sweep the floors, right? And like it's let's say I wrote it down or whatever, and I have a little bubble next to it. I could sweep the floors, but then if I don't bubble it, it's almost like for me it ha- it wasn't done yet. Yeah, I uh, so I'm a nutcase about keeping notes at work. Uh-huh. Um, I have this nice leather-bound notebook, and it's like painfully organized. Like uh, I write the date of whatever the day is at the top, and I highlight it in a pink highlighter, purely because the only highlighter I have in my office is pink. I use it, and I make little squares next to every task I got to do. And when the task is done, I use a red pen instead of a black one and check it off. And if it's partially done, I don't put a full check in it, just make a line and then I write like whatever addendum at the end of it. And then that goes on to the next day and black ink again with another square for me to hopefully check it off. And right. like if I get to the end of the day, I'm like, Oh my God, I have to put an X in here. They didn't get it fucking done. Now it goes to the next day. It's just, I see what you're saying. If, uh, if I can't check it off or I can't fill that bubble, like didn't happen, never got done right. mentally. I cannot accept this. Right. It's insane. Yeah. People, people are fucking weird. People are fucking weird. And, even when you like the way that he was, that he made those uh, those cards for the tools, like uh, he's no fucking Picasso, right? Well, he's got Parkinson's. Yeah, it's it's just the way that he to represent something conceptually yeah. as you're talking, or even with words as you're reading. But then if you see it drawn, even if it's in this sort of like. Um, surrealistic, surrealistic way. Yeah. It, I don't know. There's like some sort of other mechanism in your brain that sees it differently and that sees it better. Like it makes a little more sense that way, visually represent, represented rather than conceptually represented. You know what I mean? Yep. Like it's a, it's a, it's one of those weird things. But I thought for me that was one of the things about the film that was – like in those that that way was it was sort of endearing to me, yeah. Because his way his way of showing these things, you know what I mean. I, I loved it, man. Yeah, I'm gonna watch it again for sure. Probably not tonight, but I'll watch it again. Yeah. No, it it, it was Superman, not Superman. It it was not Superman, but it was super man, man. Well, Superman. So maybe next time we do one of these things, we have a. A whiteboard with just our topics. Yeah. So we st- stick to it and we finish that thought out. Yeah. Th- that's a good guide. It's it's good to have that as a guide. Yeah. Right? But it's it's good when you have it as a guide, but then you don't need it. Yes. Right? But you have it there a- as a guide. Yes. Yeah. But because you, I don't know, I think you want conversation to be natural. Of course. Um, I mean, just be like a, 
bank heist, jump out of a helicopter, <laughs> did I pack a parachute, <laughs> yeah. you know? Like, just just have, like, your wave tops, like, two words, like, we're yeah. talking about this, we're talking about this, we're talking about this, and however long it takes to get done, it gets done, because we were fucking all over the map, which could be my fault, because I'm like a duck squirrel. <laughs> um, and I've never done a podcast or had a conversation recorded. It's okay, but it, this, is, this is the same type of thing I was saying before, and this is why I don't, uh, this is why I try to, because I'm still, if you think about it, if I think about it too, I'm still sort of in the inception phase of my podcast. I've been doing it for about a year and a half. This is this would be episode 21 or 22 for me. Nice. Yeah. So it's not, it's I'm not that far into it, right? And every time I do one of these, I'm learning. I'm learning about me. I'm learning about you. I'm learning about the podcast process. I'm learning about all this stuff, you know? Yeah. So, um, yeah, I'm learning about what to do. Uh, what what to try to replicate? I'm looking at uh, how to stay curious and how do you keep things going. Some people work this way, some people work that way. What not to do? This is sort of like seeing even this conversation we're having at this moment is sort of like looking behind the curtain. Yeah, but I think I still think that I mean I've listened to podcasts that were just amazingly produced. Right? Yeah, for sure. But and there's a lot of work that goes and it goes behind that, and there's a lot that like like that. To say about that, but at the same time, I know for me at least, I appreciate ones that even are breaking the fourth wall, sort of as we are doing right now. Yes, because you learn a lot yeah. from just from hearing that. I think you have unlocked a new hobby for me to a new hobby for me to obsess over. This whole time, I've been like, how can I make this sound better? I know the easy tricks for treating vocals, but I'm like, a silent room, two assholes with a microphone. The walls in here are concrete. I don't have a whole lot of carpeting. Right. I need to do that. I need to do something about this. So now all week long, I'm going to do the fucking deep dive and go down the rabbit hole. I'm going to lose sleep on everything there is to know about fucking podcasts. I'm going to neglect playing guitar. I'm going to neglect doing photography because this is being this is going to be my new baby, man. I don't know if I should say uh, you're welcome or I'm sorry. <laughs> I don't know why I keep going to like the Lilo and Stitch voice. I got I got like my hillbilly voice and I've got little on stilts. <laughs> Just the two. Well, I've got all kinds of other ones, but they're rude. You want to call it good? Sure, it's good. It's called good. Uh, cheers. Cheers. Love beer. Yamas. Yamas. Aviva. The Cannon Dispatch signing off.